talking about the incredible force of love. The incredible force of love. And, um, you know, it's the Christmas season. Uh, it's December, which means, you know, when you turn on the radio, you hear certain songs. You know what I mean? Who, who, who has a favorite Christmas song that's obscure, a little obscure? Who's got a favorite? Okay, Chris, go ahead. What's your favorite Christmas song? The Charlie Brown Christmas song. Yes, we can all applaud that. Yes, Charlie Brown. Yes, he did it for us. Dominic the Donkey. Hee-haw, hee-haw. Yes, it's a great song. It's a great song. How about Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, anybody else? Good Christmas songs? Good Christmas songs? My favorite one is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We sang it last week, which is actually an Advent song, because if you're singing that and Christmas, then you kind of miss the whole point of Christmas. But anyway... Um, uh, it also means that there's certain movies that are on, right? So, so like, what's your, who, who's got a favorite Christmas movie? Die Hard. Yeah, Die Hard, come on. <laughs> there's always one. It's a Wonderful Life. That's my favorite Christmas movie. Who's got, I, Dawn? White Christmas. I knew she had one. And Dave, you have a different one, right? Oh, it would be Die Hard. Okay, okay. I thought it was Christmas Story. I was wrong. Okay. Um, uh, but, you know, there, there's, there's plenty of great Christmas movies, and, and this time of year, we're reminded of one of the best Christmas movies of all. Right? It is the time of the year now. We've made it. Star Wars is happening all over. Uh, if you haven't uh, known yet, you know, Star Wars came out last week. Um, I, who's, who's seen Star Wars already? Okay, great. So for you four, there's no spoilers. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not going to be spoiling anything that came out after 1977, so don't worry about it. Um, if, you, if you have not yet watched the original Star Wars movie, which I'm going to be referencing today, I'm sorry, um, but you're going to see some scenes. So um, you're going to see a scene. So, uh, but Star Wars, you know, I, I think this is funny that we, Star Wars has become a Christmas thing, right? It has. I mean, it's undoubtedly a Christmas thing now. Disney has done it. They have taken a movie that has nothing to do with Christmas on its surface and made it into a Christmas movie. And so Christmas is now synonymous, at least for this year and maybe two years ago and maybe four years ago when The Force Awakens came out, and that was a big deal. Uh, it was synonymous with Christmas. I have a hat, okay? It's a Santa Claus hat, classic but instead of it being just a Santa Claus hat, it says on the front, Star Wars, and there are Yoda ears peeking out from the side. I was going to wear it, but alas, we're selling our house, and it's staged, and the Santa hat is in the garage. Um, and if you saw my garage right now, you'd know why I didn't go and get it. Um, but, but, but here's the thing. I actually do think that Star Wars is a Christmas movie. Why? Because in this uh, Advent season, we've talked about the four words that are associated with the four Advent calendars. We started with hope, we went to peace, then we did joy, and now we're on love. And Star Wars is a movie, not only, well, I guess this is kind of a spoiler, but not, not only in The Empire Strikes Back is the greatest reply ever to the line, I love you, given by Harrison Ford, when he replies, I know. Um, not only is it about that, not only is that a part of the Star Wars legacy that it's actually about love, I actually think that if you replace the word force with love, or you make it the force of love, you actually get this beautiful Christmas message interlaced, interwoven into the Star Wars narrative. And I think 
perhaps if we could get there, if we could understand this, then we could understand what made Star Wars in 1977 such a smash hit. Because here's the thing, and, and I promise I'm not going to go around about Star Wars forever, but I am going to talk about it. Um, we Christians, we love to talk about love, right? And, and we love to talk about it because it's a universal thing that our scripture really talks a lot about. But Star, see, when Star Wars came out, everybody thought it was going to be a flop. I want you to understand this. Uh, I've watched many documentaries about the making of the original Star Wars movie. I'm a huge fan of the original Star Wars saga. Um, the, the later movies, me and Chris agree to disagree on. But, um, but you know, huge fan of the original Star Wars saga. And when I watched this documentary, uh, it's called Empire of Dreams. It's the best documentary ever made about Star Wars. Um, Mark Hamill, in the, who plays Luke Skywalker, the main character in the original trilogy, um, talks about getting the first Star Wars script. Okay, so, so the three main actors are Harrison Ford, who got the job because he was a carpenter on George Lucas's house. That's how Han Solo became Han Solo. Not kidding. He'd only starred in one movie, American Graffiti. He was, car he was building the roof on George Lucas's house at the same time that he was making Star Wars, and so he had him come in and read some lines, and, and he landed the part of Han Solo. Mark Hamill, who was a completely unknown actor who's gone on to be famous as a voice actor but, but really didn't have much critical success after that, and Carrie Fisher, who other than toting a bazooka in the Blues Brothers, really didn't do very much else, right? These three actors are pretty unknown. So, so Carrie Fisher had a pretty famous mother, but other than that, it was really not supposed to be a critical success. There was, you know, Flash Gordon had come out, Star Trek had come out, but space opera... Like, it didn't, the genre was weird. Like, the, the techno, Star Wars invented the technology for C, the CGI or the model technology for the special effects that it used. Nobody had ever seen anything like it. I want you to understand that when, you know, with how much, you know, now, you know, when the Star Wars movies come out, all those scripts are under lock and key, and, and oh, the, the, the actors can't talk about anything. And other, when the original Star Wars movie came out, Mark Hamill got the script, and he sent it to all of his friends, and they, they sat around drinking and laughing about it. Because they were like, this movie is going to be so bad. It's going to be horrible. There's this kid, and he has this thing called a lightsaber, and he fights with this guy who's made of metal. What? And his friends are these robots. One of them doesn't talk. What? This doesn't make any sense. They walk around with a bear-like creature. Like it didn't make any sense to him. But there was a universal theme in Star Wars. This is what I believe you can attribute all the success to. Not to the graphics, not to the beautiful scoring by John Williams. It, you can, there's a universal theme in it. This, this theme of the hero. But also, there's this universal principle of love. And the force, the force of love that's, that is underneath all of it. And, and, and it was that that connected with audiences. And when it first came out... Uh, my astronomy teacher from high school, Ken Lewandowski, went and saw it on one of the first days it came out, and he said the theater was empty. But by, by three or four weeks in, there were lines around the block to see it a third and fourth and fifth time. It connected with audiences in a new way because it spoke to something that was intrinsically true, and that's love. And I want to say, just to take it, take it aside here, Christians, we love talking about love. So it's not, it's not surprising that, that a story that connects with this idea of love became famous. You, you, you know how many books Christians write about love? Or, 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 or media that we consume about love? It's like 90% of the songs on CCLI 
feature the word love. Think about that for a moment. The word love is in 90% of the top 100, you know, it's like 91 out of 100 have the word love in it. CCLI, top 100 Christian songs that are sung. You know, Crazy Love, very famous book made Francis Chan famous. Love does, Bob Goff, love wins. Uh, caused a lot of issues, but ultimately, very, very popular book. You know, you have the five love languages. C.S. Lewis wrote an article called The Four Loves, The Three Love Theory, The Two Feet of Love in Action of the Catholic Church, One Love by Bob Marley, right? Like, we number love. Like, we, like we know love. I believe, actually, love is so important to the Bible, so important to the scripture, the, the scripture message, so important to the message of Jesus, that the entirety of the Bible can be summarized in one thing Jesus says. If you love God and love your neighbor, that is what it's all about. Just that, by itself. Love God, love your neighbor. Can't do one without the other. But that, in its entirety, is what the Christian message is. And so that, in its entirety, is what the Christian Christmas message is about. And so, I want to talk today about love, but I don't want to talk about love as romantic love. I don't even want to talk about love as an emotion. I don't want to talk love about, as about love as an action, which is what I most talk about love about, uh, uh, talk about love like. I want to talk about love as a force, as a universal binding principle which holds all things together. We know that at the beginning of creation, the Bible, the authors of the Bible report that, there, that God was there in his Trinitarian form, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bound together by love. And so, in that idea, I'm going to show you a clip from a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. It's only like 20 seconds long, so listen up. Now the Jedi are all but extinct. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. The Force? Now, the Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, it penetrates us, it binds the galaxy together. Sir Alec Guinness delivering one of the best performances of his career. He also thought the movie was going to be a complete flop. Just think about that for a moment. The force is what gives a Jedi his power. The force, we'll say, of love is what gives a Jedi, insert Christian, their power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, it penetrates us, and it binds the galaxy together. I want you to think about how true that is. How sometimes people, this is, I love, Phil, Phil nailed this for me. I talk, this is probably my most quoted Phil quote. I tell everybody about this. Pastor Phil rocked my world when he told me. He said to me several months ago, before any of this church merge stuff started, this is how I knew he was smart and I wanted to learn from him every other week. He said, he said, you know, as Christians, we have, a, we have a corner on love. I'm sorry, we have a corner on truth. He said, we have a corner on truth, which means that all truth, no matter where it comes from, it's God's truth, and therefore is our truth. So it doesn't matter where the truth comes from. It doesn't matter the source. If it's true, it's for us. That was 
did I butcher that, Phil, or is that pretty good? That's pretty good. Okay, good. So even though it's George Lucas in 1977 and he's a goofy guy, this is really pretty true. I, it just hit me when I was thinking about this last week. Because the good news of the Christian faith, as was so beautifully read by John Daniel this morning, is that God so loved the world. Love is the force at the core of all of it. And that's why it's the profound message for us to love God, love neighbor. Love is the most central element in the Christian faith and the most central element, I believe, in all of our lives. But love is not simply, like I said, an emotion. It is a force. It is something that is exterior to us out there. And how do I know this? John, you've talked a lot about stars. You haven't talked about scripture. Because the Bible teaches the exact same thing. Let's go through some passages here. John, for, uh, one John, 1 John 4, 8. I'm saying 1 John because I'm talking to listen to too many British scholars. Um, Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Let's try another one. Colossians 3. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. But above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Sound familiar? Keep your heart with all vigilance, because uh, from it flow the springs of life. The heart, obviously, the place that the uh, the um, the lavav, the the place where love flows from in Hebrew. Another one from Proverbs: Hatred stirs up strife. We got a lot of hatred in the world today, but love covers all offenses. You know that Peter knew this verse because he totally rips it off. Above all, maintain constant the love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. What about First uh, John 4.18, a little bit later in First John? There is no fear in love, but for perfect love casts out fear. And can't, can't talk about love without going to 1 Corinthians 13, right? So now faith, hope, and love abide, but of these three, the greatest of these is love. Does that sound like an emotion to you? the way that the biblical authors talk about it? Does it sound like, like that thing? Sorry, forgive me. I know a lot of you guys like the Hallmark Channel. I'm not bashing on the Hallmark Channel. But is that the love that the Hallmark Channel talks about? Right? Like that warm and cozy love? By the fire love? Scooting next to your main squeeze love? <laughs> is that the love? I mean, is that it? Is it romantic love? Is it love like John loves donuts? Y'all, I pass a Dunkin' Donuts on my way to the, the house in Tinley, and that place has my credit card number memorized, all right? I love me some donuts. But is that, is that the kind of love that, that's talking about in the New Testament and the Old Testament? It, is my love for donut, does that cover a multitude of sins? No. Spoiler alert. No, see, love 
as described by those authors is different than the love that we feel. It's different than the love that we see. It's different than the love that we experience in a, in a loving relationship. It's even different than the love, although a little bit more similar, to the love that we feel for children. It's a force. It binds things together. It holds things in tension. It, it, it overcomes multitude of things that, that we couldn't otherwise connect over. This is the love that we are trying to uh, not manufacture, but tap into and act as a conduit for. See, that's the beauty about the Force in Star Wars, right? Now, in the, the later three movies, we can talk about how wonky it gets. But in the original, uh, uh, the, the original um, series, the original trilogy, the Force is something that's external to the Jedis or the, 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 the wizards who are able to master it. It's something that's external to them. It exists outside of themselves. It's a force. It's the thing that's out there. And what do they do? They don't manufacture it. They simply tap into it and act as a conduit for it. That's why in this picture, which is, a, which is an art mock-up from uh, the second movie, um, the, the episode five, uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back, which is the best movie in the se series by, by uh, everyone's feelings. Uh, it's my feelings, but it's everyone's feelings. Um, in this, there's a little little green guy named Yoda that we all know. Oh, thank you, Luke. You know, he's, like, he's, he's super goofy. You know, thank you to him, I will. <laughs> you know, he's like goofy. He's not very strong, right? He's just like a little blah, 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 blah. And you can just like kind of kick Yoda. You know, at, at different times, he's like riding on Luke's But Luke, Luke is in Empire Strikes Back strangely chiseled. Have you noticed this? He's got some heft to him. He's not little Luke Skywalker from New Hope. He's got some muscle, all right? And, and here's the thing. Luke has to pull his X-wing into a spaceship. He has to make the force lift his X-wing, and he can't do it. But Yoda, this little, little, little tiny creature with no muscles, can do it. Why? Because Yoda acts as a better conduit than Luke does. See, that's the thing. It's not about manufacturing love in a better way. It's not about being a nice person. It's not about trying to uh, somehow feel a certain way. It's simply about being more in tune with the love of God, the, the, the universal power that, that create, you know, it says in 1 John, that God is love. Being so in touch with that love that God is, that you can act as a conduit to change the world. That's that beautiful give and take that Star Wars so accurately seems to point out. See, the, of course, all of these metaphors fall woefully short because George Lucas is not the world's greatest author. He's not, this is not the greatest story ever told. The Bible is. But ultimately, if we start to see these things, we can understand that there is, there is this, this grain of truth in it. And, and if we can tap into that, if we can tap into this idea that we might have a misunderstanding of what love is, that love is something that is external to us, that we need to get into and then drag away, you know, like... There, God, there's no short, if God is all-powerful and all-knowing and all, that, that means God is real big. You can take as much love from God as you want, and, and there's no shortage. It's like what Phil talked about with uh, the, um, the infinite library. You could remove all the blue books, and if every book was red and blue, 
the infinite library would not have any fewer books. God has infinite love. You can keep con- pulling that uh, power away from God, and it never, it never runs dry. That well never runs dry. See, here's the thing. If we could, as Christians, get away from the commercialized love, away from the idea of romantic love as what love is described as in the Bible, if we could remove ourselves from the love of the Christmas season as it's being described and fed to us, and instead looked at the love of the Christmas season as it was intended, a love that is a little messy, very self-sacrificial, and ultimately is simply uh, pointing to something that is greater and more outside of ourselves, we could really do some damage this Christmas season and beyond. You know that after Jesus was a baby, he didn't, like, just go away? A lot of us, by next week, the presents will be unwrapped. The, the meals and the parties will likely be over. And, and many of us will have that letdown that post-Christmas letdown. You feel it in your body. Well, that's also just the feeling of eating way too much. But, but you know what I mean. You feel it, right? Like it's like the joy is a little not so much. In Chicago, we still have five more months of winter after Christmas. It's bleak ahead. I know this because my birthday is two weeks to the day after Christmas. Everyone is always sad. But this is the thing. If we can take the force of love that manifests itself in the Christmas story as a little baby, that, that literally the force that, that, that God, through the Holy Spirit, impregnates Mary with love through the power of the Holy Spirit. If God's essence is love, That's what makes Jesus. Understand, if we can take that and understand that that is the central message, then we don't have to stop living down. We can be like those nutty people, the one guy in your subdivision who has the Christmas decorations up all year round. He lives with you, Lisa. The guy, you know what I mean? Like, the, you know the Christmas joy person who just never stops living it? Who's just like 363 days till Santa Claus comes again. <laughs> we can be like that if we understand that that love, we're going to keep talking about it ad nauseum in perpetuity. Because that is the truest message of what the Christmas story is all about. Make no mistake, that first Christmas was not some sleepy night in Palestine. It was forceful. There were scared shepherds. We heard about that a couple weeks, or last week. There was a plot to kill Jesus. We heard about that last year at Christmas. There was all of this raucous messiness but that force of love would not be stopped just moved on through invite the worship team up as I wrap up here and so I want you to think about that again meditate on it for a moment close your eyes if you need to 
But think about the fact that the, the first night when God was a human, we call it Christmas. It's probably in April, but let's not talk about it. The first night when God was a human was filled with birth pains, was filled with animal mess, was filled with an angry, vicious, violent king slash governor, was filled with terrified shepherds and scared wise men who lie their way through customs. It was really a forceful thing for that birth to overcome all of that and become the story that we remember most. So I have one thing left to say. May the love be with you always.